Thanks for listening to Matt McLaughlin History. Become a subscriber to receive exclusive bonus episodes, ad-free listening, early access to all episodes, and special member-only events. Click on the link in the show notes or visit patreon.com forward slash mmhistory. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. A Living History Production. This is the Living History Podcast, broadcasting live across the airwaves. Hello and welcome to Living History. Thank you for joining me once again for a walk through the pages of history. Thank you for all the feedback we've had lately. It's been a busy time. Peter Hart's book has just come out, The Gallipoli Evacuation, so that's prompted a lot of people to get in touch. So... Firstly, I'd say if you haven't ordered your copy of The Glippley Evacuation, please do because it's absolutely a sensational read. So congratulations to Peter Hart on the great work he's done there. But also thank you for the feedback that it's prompted. A lot of people have been out posting pictures on social media of them holding their book uh, and uh, it's prompted them to reach out to us and just tell us how much they're enjoying the content we're putting out. So thank you. 2020 has been a difficult year and so hopefully the contribution we've made here at Living History has helped in some small way to get you through these trying times. And let's hope that, uh, that we can be back to normal fairly soon. Speaking of getting back to normal, the thing I'm most looking forward to when we're allowed to travel again and when life returns to some sort of some sort of phase of normal is getting back to the battlefields because I love getting out walking the ground. It's my favorite thing to do. And during this time when we can't out and can't get out and walk the battlefields, I'm doing something a little bit different, something to to appease my spirit a little bit. Uh, I've launched a podcast called Battle Walks, which is describing exactly this, doing virtual walks across the battlefields. And I'm really loving doing it. We're launching it on the 4th of November. You'll see the first episode out there. So please go to Apple Podcasts or Google or Amazon or Spotify or wherever you are listening to this podcast and subscribe to Battle Walks because it's a really enjoyable series that we've been recording over the the last couple of months. And I'm just loving it. I love getting out walking the battlefields and joining me on those battlefield walks is a dear friend of mine and a very knowledgeable historian. It's Peter Smith. Pete. Great to have you on the program to talk all about battle walks. It's great, Matt. It's uh, it's nice to be out uh, doing uh, walks when we're not guiding. Uh, so I'm really, really enjoying it. We've been discussing, mate, that we're both going a little bit stir crazy, not getting out and being able to walk the battlefields. But at least you live in France. You live on the battlefields. So at least even when you get a weekend away, you can go out and walk the ground. How has it been exploring the battlefields with uh, with no tourists? quiet it's it's extraordinary really and I, I was trying to think of another period in history when you'd have been able to do this and, and i have to say there isn't really one because uh immediately after the first world war we had the pilgrims coming across and their families um and so the battlefields have always been busy there's always been the people here walking them uh, i live on the middle of the battlefields and uh yeah we, we see people on a daily basis uh, so it's it's very odd to literally to be in a cemetery where you're normally very rarely by yourself maybe you may be by yourself but people will pass other people will will just stick their heads in sometimes you find people who are laying laying wreaths but there is just nobody here so i go 
uh, you know, you can literally go from one cemetery to another. You can get out, you can walk, and nobody here. Very, very strange. And uh, I suppose I... Uh, I suppose I should I should really feel honoured to in a in a bizarre way to be uh, to be one of the only people on the battlefield along with a few of my colleagues who live out here um, d- continuing to to visit and to, uh, to to pay our respects. So it's uh, yeah it's uh, uh, an honour for me to be able to do that when there's nobody else here. I'm assuming that uh, between 1940 and 1944 it would have been pretty quiet in the uh, battlefield ah. touring front as well. <laughs> Uh, but isn't it interesting, though? I say that, I don't say that lightly. I say that because these world events influence, you know, that people always want to get back and walk in the footsteps of history and visit these emotive places. And it's these huge world events, a pandemic at the moment, the Second World War, that get in the way of, of, of doing that. It's interesting, Matt, because even even during that period, I've got a little, uh, I collect photographs of the Great War and other photographs that I find interesting. And it's amazing how many Germans, uh, German military men of that of that period during the occupation spent uh, time to go and have a look at our cemeteries, to look at the, the Empire cemeteries, not their own German cemeteries, but to go and have a look at the enemy's cemeteries. And so, so yes, uh, they, they were even visited during that period, but by Germans. Extraordinary stuff. Extraordinary. I know in uh, the Ulster Tower in the Somme, there's a swastika carved into the uh, into the masonry work there. So obviously, a German soldier during the Second World War <laughs> took the opportunity to le- to leave uh, the Führer's mark. Um, the same at uh, the Chateau at Bertong, which was the Australian headquarters in uh, 1918. I was filming a documentary there a couple of years ago and had a lot of downtime to wander around, and so I scanned every panel of of that amazing building looking for graffiti that I knew soldiers. Love to leave and found lots of it, not just from the First World War, but from all chapters of history. But again, a swastika and a, and I think it was a, I think it was forty three when a German came through there and uh, carved his initials and a swastika into the wall. So it's uh, you know not what we're talking about today, but a, a, a fascinating footnote that how soldiers love to leave their mark. Yeah, graffiti. It's one of my interests actually. Graffiti on the battlefields. Yeah, very interesting. I suppose. I mean, we should do a separate podcast about it. But uh, what it harks back to is, especially at places like um, at Noir, the underground city, the the incredible chalk caves that are absolutely covered in soldiers' graffiti, and should definitely be visited by everyone who's on the Western Front. But I, 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 it always speaks to me about the 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 risk of the loss of life that the soldiers knew that they were not a permanent feature of the landscape. That at any moment they could literally disappear without a trace and so they wanted to leave something to to establish some permanence of the fact that they were there and sadly you see graffiti written by soldiers who within days or weeks were killed on the battlefield it's it's heart-wrenching stuff it's one of my little interests uh, in the rear areas. There are a lot of uh, original churches. They were not destroyed. They're far enough back not to have been destroyed. And most of the churches in this area are either made out of chalk or, or soft limestone, are very easy to carve into. And it's like every time the soldier stopped to have a rest, he just got, got out a nail or something and started scratching his name into the walls. And, and you, you can come across amazing little inscriptions from, from the men of both wars, uh, interestingly, who, who decided to leave something of themselves on a, on a religious icon, on a church. And I think there's a, a dual connection there it is about leaving something of yourself uh, uh, because you may be leaving uh, soon um, and also a bit of luck an element of luck on an element of uh, even if you're not particularly a, a christian but uh, best i just uh, i'll write something on here just in case uh, that it may help well thank god they did because they've left these little permanent reminders of the fact that they were there and that's really what we're yeah. talking about in this new series battle walk so we've been re- recording it over the last couple of months and mate i've been absolutely loving it we are virtually even though i'm sitting here in my bedroom in sydney and you're in your your living room in france we've been walking the battlefields uh, in our in our mind's eye and it's 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 extraordinary you do you still even though we're not actually on the ground you still uh, you still connect with the emotions and with the the feelings of being there on the ground 
I think it's it's interesting. I found it uh, enjoyable because uh, a it, uh, it it feels a little bit like I am literally walking the ground. But b you have to get I have to give I've got a fairly substantial library. I have to get the books out, have a quick look, refresh my memory, and and I'm learning something new. It's amazing how how often you just pick up a little snippet of information that you may not have come across uh, before, and then uh, adding it into the walk. And I have the added luxury as well that if I really really want to, I can get out and actually do these walks as well, just to double check to make sure that uh, that they're making sense. So. Uh, uh, yeah, for me, very enjoyable. Well, you've got to stop it, Pete. You're making me jealous, and I'm sure you're making everyone listening jealous as well that you can actually get out and walk the ground. But but good on you, mate, and, and thank you for still getting out there and um, and paying your respects when we can't. It's, yeah. uh, it's, it's a really wonderful thing. But um, I, I love about this, mate, that we've been learning things from each other as we've gone along, exactly as it has been when you and I have walked the battlefields in person together. You're always exchanging ideas. I remember that wonderful trip we did to Gallipoli in 2013, I believe it was, where we spent a week or so walking the battle the, the battlefield at Gallipoli with a number of other historians. Wasn't that um, a fascinating experience? And isn't it great to walk the ground? It doesn't matter who you walk the ground with, whether you walk the ground with another historian, whether it's a passenger on a tour, whether it's just a maid or a friend, you're always going to learn something new. Even just their perspective on the battlefield can teach you new things that you didn't previously know. I think it's one of the great parts of uh, of of being with other other people when you're walking the the battlefields is that ability to uh, to 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 chat and to pass ideas and and exchange knowledge and hopefully that uh, when we'll do these with these with these podcasts that people will will learn a little bit from when we pass the knowledge to each other because you never stop learning it's one of the great things about uh, about the battlefields and about uh, about walking the the actual ground is you never stop learning and just looking around you and looking at points and thinking oh that's if I was a on the ground here and a German uh, machine gunner, where would I want to place my gun? I'd put it on that ridge over there. And then you could wander across and go and have a look at that ridge and realise that there are still rounds in the ground. And uh, so you, uh, you 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 have that confirmation that uh, yeah, the German was thinking along the lines that you're you're thinking of. So it's uh, yeah, it's it's great to be uh, to be able to 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 walk the ground. Oh, I just love it, mate. I'm getting excited even just with you describing that. That moment when you look down and find a cartridge case in the ground is always uh, so. Knowing that someone fired a rifle or a machine gun from where you were standing, you know, a century ago is is just extraordinary stuff. But let's talk about some of these wonderful places we visit. Some of these wonderful battlefields that we walk in battle walks. Um, the Somme, you know, your your home, the area you live, and obviously one of the most iconic chapters of not just First World War history but warfare in general. There's so many great places to visit on the Somme, aren't there? Um, I think the key to these walks is that we we try to keep it to a just a, a little tiny glimpse each time. You you can't do enormous great walks because there's just so much information that you can uh, that you can uh, absorb and and express about what was going on around you. And so we, we keep them small. So uh, one of my favourites is is my village itself. So a, a walk through through my village, a walk in the uh, towards uh, Poissier, just in this uh, as you're moving up to Poissier, rather than doing the the, the whole battle from start to finish and so i think that's what's been enjoyable is breaking down these uh, these these battlefields into small walks that are manageable in in 45 minutes because that's the average time that we're going to be uh, these podcasts are going to go out so 45 minutes covering just a, a fragment of one battle and i should say as well that i'm an aussie there's lots of aussie listeners we have but we also have listeners from all over the world we have um, british listeners canadians new zealanders a lot of people from america now we're getting a lot more u.s listeners as well which is really wonderful so hello to all our friends out there in america um and we're going to reflect that in the battle walks podcast so there'll be an australian flavor to it like everything that i do but it's 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 truly an international podcast so we we've recorded some wonderful episodes about things like the first day on the battle of the somme where the the plucky brits went through those horrific conditions on the first day on the somme 
as you say, a walk through your village of Fleur, which is uh, which is an extraordinary walk to 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 get your knowledge about the, the place that you call home. Um, the Australian battle at Dernancourt we've recently recorded, you know, a, a little known chapter, a really important chapter of the Australian experience on the Western Front, but not very well known. So th- there's there's so many elements to the Somme, and of course, so much fighting, particularly in 1916, and then again in 1918. So so many elements of the First World War can be can be discussed and explored just in the Somme region. And then, of course, we're going further afield. We're not just sticking to the the First World War battlefields. We're also going to have a look at uh, at some Second World War actions and also some of the the medieval uh, medieval uh, battlefields. We're very close here to Agincourt and Cressy, so they will also form a, a podcast at some stage. And and we're not that far away from battlefields like Waterloo. Waterloo is not that far away, so it's it's amazing. I always often describe it. That I'm fairly centrally placed here where I live. I live in the little village of Flair, and we're about two hours away from almost everything. So. Uh, Within two hours, I can I can get to the coast and I can get to Waterloo and uh, uh, yeah, an awful lot of interesting battlefields to look at. We're covering a lot more ground than we would be able to on a on a physical tour of the battlefields and going to a lot of places that I haven't been. And the other thing, Pete, is too that I'm taking you to some places you haven't been because although we're saying that we're walking the great battlefields of Europe, we are going a little bit further afield. And in upcoming episodes, I want to record a few really interesting ones that I think you'll you'll quite enjoy, Pete. Guadalcanal, for example, in the Solomon Islands. I'm one of my favourite places to go. And I'm going to take you on a virtual tour there, Pete, to a place that I know you haven't actually been to. So you will be joining the listeners in a, in, a, in a new journey to a to a battlefield that you, you haven't explored before. Well, I'm looking forward to it in several ways. One, because I haven't been and uh, this will be a, a way of going there. But two, it means that I'm probably going to have to buy a couple of books just to get an idea of what went on and uh, any excuse to buy more books. Well, we should also talk, I want to talk a little bit more about some of these, um, the cornerstone of what we're doing will be the First World War. We are both avid fans of the of, of the incredible story of what went on in the First World War. But we can't mention the Somme without also talking about its its, its cousin across the Belgian border, which is the, the Ypres salient. What an area that is, Pete. I never tire of walking around the, the Ypres battlefields. Uh, extraordinary and the people are so welcoming and, and make you feel very uh, very welcome when you go there and uh, and I have to say I probably in my guiding uh, career I spend half my time there so half my time is on the battlefields in France and half my time is on the battlefields uh, around uh, Belgium especially around the town of Ypres and uh, just just fantastic uh, uh, I think one of the podcasts we'll be doing will just be a walk around Ypres itself around the uh, the town it's a beautiful town and uh, very sad at the moment the lack of uh, people there no tourists at all and they've just gone into lockdown again so so, uh, yeah, very, very sad. So I'm looking forward to getting back there. They're very distinct battlefield regions, aren't they? The Somme is very, very different from the Ypres salient the, the, in terms of the, 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 the nature of the fighting, the, the types of things you can visit there, the, the history itself. They're, they're very distinct battlefield regions. Sometimes people who haven't been to the Western Front say, oh, well, I'll just do one or the other. You've got to do both because they're extraordinary and quite distinct from one another. It's amazing how many people only cover, uh, over the years, I've come across a lot of people who have been coming to the Somme for 20 years. And I say, what do you think of Ypres? I've never been. And uh, that's just extraordinary because you're only getting one side of the story, literally. You need to, to, to go to both areas. And it may be that they have a relative that perhaps only fought on the Somme, but that's still no excuse, really. It's, it, it's, it, you have to experience the whole of the Western Front. So it's, it's a must going to, to both areas. We'll be going further afield as well, of course, not just to those two main areas of the Somme and Ypres, but also the Arras sector. We'll be up in French Flanders. We've done a recording on the, the famous battlefield of Fromel, one of the most Australian, uh, famous Australian battlefields. So we're going further afield. Interesting sites from all across the Western Front to do with the First World War. 
Yep, and uh, and Fromel always a, a a great place to go, and and the landscapes are so different. I mean, Fromel flat as a pancake, the Somme very rolling countryside, and uh, that 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 land uh, around deep, the salient around deep that are often talked about. You know, most people again perceive it to be flat as a pancake, but it's not. That has got little ripples and bumps and ridges in it. So very different landscapes. Reminds me of the um the Suvla Plain. No, the landscape of the Somme doesn't remind me of the the, the Suvla Plain in Gallipoli. But the, the nature of a landscape that you talk about the fighting at Suvla at Gallipoli and a lot of it is fought across a, a flat lake, a, a salt lake, and then into this flat land surrounded by hills. And from a distance, it looks very flat and very accommodating. You try walking across the Suvla Plain and imagine you're a soldier carrying gear. There's little bumps and ridges and rivulets and creeks and gullies and it is a tough environment to fight so that's again the importance of walking the ground to get an understanding that what looks flat on a map or looks flat from an aerial photo is not flat at all when you walk the ground I've said it uh, on the podcast and at other times as well that there's, there's nothing better than actually being there and hopefully we'll be, be able to give you a little bit of a, of a taste of what it's like because being there, it never really feels uh, as you would expect and it's something I've experienced over and over again. Go to a new battlefield and it's just doesn't feel like what you expect it to to feel like and so hopefully we can, we can try and uh, put you there so you get a, a bit of a feel of what it is like to be there. We'll be walking Gallipoli as well. It was good that I touched on Gallipoli because we have, we're doing a number of really interesting walks in Gallipoli. We've recently completed a, a walk along the second ridge in the Anzac sector. I mean, Pete, what can you say about Gallipoli? One of the most extraordinary battlefields. If you want to get out and walk in the footsteps of history, I don't think there's anywhere on earth like Gallipoli to do that. I found it uh, when we recorded uh, that episode. I found it quite difficult because it is, it is such an extraordinary landscape, uh, both uh, beautiful and st- so horrific. So you get that juxtaposition of knowing what went on there, and yet the landscape uh, today is it's such a beautiful place. Um, and the ridges are serious ridges. We talk about ridges here on the, on the Western Front, and very rarely they're nothing more than a ripple in the in the in the in the landscape in the ground. But the ridges at Gallipoli are serious ridges, and so you get spectacular views and so it's a most marvellous place and not just first world war of course we we touched a little bit that we're going to do some second world war battlefields and indeed further afield we're going to hopefully we'll do vietnam as one as well another another battlefield that i love visiting but some fascinating world war ii sites right on your doorstep the one i enjoyed the most recently that we recorded was on the v weapons hitler's vengeance weapons that he fired on london during the during the second world war now that's that was an extraordinary podcast i've spent a little bit of time exploring those sites but to delve into it in detail with you, Pete, was absolutely fascinating. Well, I look forward to actually literally taking you on the ground, Matt, uh, next time we, we can get together. But it is uh, an extraordinary part of, uh, of the, the history of the Second World War, that those V weapons. And one that we don't really think about it. We think about the weapon, we think about uh, what damage it does, but where on earth do they, do they come from? And it's amazing how many of the sites, the firing points where they launched the V1s are still there. Uh, in fact, hundreds of them are still there in little woods and valleys and sometimes even among farm buildings, but they are, they are still there. And so, yeah, extraordinary. It's uh, one of my favourite places to go and visit are the, are the V1 sites. I'm sure we'll, we've recorded one programme, but I'm sure we will be recording others about the V1 sites and also about the Atlantic Wall because, of course, that's one of the other great features here. In fact, I was uh, only at the coast a few days ago and uh, with my children and behind us, enormous great fortifications. You just can't get away from them here. Big German fortifications, part of the Atlantic Wall. So that's, uh, that's perhaps another podcast as well. 
And we'll be exploring those in more detail in uh, other areas, such as uh, I'm sure we'll get to uh, to Normandy, of course. We'll do several walks through Normandy, one of the great, obviously, World War II battlefields, an extraordinary area to visit either virtually or in person as well. Uh, but also Dunkirk, Dieppe. There's 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 so many of those those coastal chapters, the the, the submarine pens at Saint Nazaire. I mean, oh, I'm getting excited just thinking about getting back to France and <laughs> visiting some of these sites. I'm so frustrated, but as I said, at least at least we have this virtual uh, ability to walk the ground, and um, it's 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 just been really exciting so far. Have you been enjoying doing it, Pete? Oh, I have, yeah. I mean, it's all new to me. I, I've not been involved in a podcast before, and uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm I'm re- I'm learning as well, learning uh, the art of uh, of podding. Is that what you call it? Um, and uh, we, we are now also, podding. We're calling it podding the, now that we just invented podding, a new word. Yeah. Um, but it's also, uh, yeah, it's, um, it, it's nice when you're not actually taking, uh, your clients around the, the, the battlefield to actually to, to run over, as I said, to, to have a look at, uh, and see if you can learn a little bit more for the, for this all helps me for the future as well. So no, it's great. I'm re- really enjoying it very much. Well, mate, you're a podcast natural. I'm I'm uh, thrilled to have you joining me on these walks because I, I've done some vi- virtual walks before on Living History, and they are always the most popular episodes that I ever do, and I get so much feedback about it, and it's something just I really enjoy doing. Everything I do as a historian is involved in walking the ground, whether it's from my books to the TV documentaries I do to podcasts like this one. It's all about walking the ground, and to me, the most significant part of this whole story is connect what you read in a history book or what you see in a documentary with what is still there on the ground. It's a remarkable journey. And Pete, I'm loving doing battle walks. Thank you so much for joining me on this journey. No, it's a pleasure, Matt. I'm really enjoying it. Well, if you would like to tune in to Battle Walks each week, as I said, we're launching on November 4. The first episode will be coming out and weekly thereafter. You can subscribe now. It's it's available on all the great podcast channels. So wherever you are listening to this one now, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Amazon, we're everywhere. Wherever you find good podcasts, you will find Battle Walks and you can subscribe now. There's an introductory episode there. So please subscribe so you'll be ready when that first one comes out. Tell your friends about it, review the podcast, share the episodes if you enjoy them because it's going to be something really special and we look forward to walking the ground with you on Battle Walks. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review for the podcast and visit livinghistorytv.com for more great history content. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.